we want to say thank you for the prayers that you have made, the difference you've made already in other parts of the world. We are working in the Nordic countries as well, and oftentimes people think of us just working in the United Kingdom and especially Scotland. Uh, I'll, I'll leave in just a few minutes, that's all right. Amen. I get the hint. So, <laughs> that's all right. We, we work in the Nordic countries. Recently, uh, the last few years, we were asked to go help there, going from Finland all the way to Greenland. And so the Alphans are appointed to Finland. They're working there. But also, we were going into Iceland. And one of the things is just before the pandemic hit, they were ready to have their first uh, UPC church service. And then they had it, and then the pandemic hit. But there is a hung, or hunger heart or hungry hearts there in Iceland. And we ask that you pray for that work there. It has been a challenge to break into there, but God's opening doors. Another area that people don't think of, there are people that live there, that's Greenland. You saw the polar bear. We've been to Greenland several times, and they're baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And we are thankful for the contacts that we have there. We ask that you help us to get back into the country. We've been trying to get back in, but due to the pandemic, and you can only go in certain times. One time we got in there and got stuck for five days, but we got out. But they were excited. Just a couple months ago, Eep, the guy who leads the work, called and was excited. He said, we can start having church again. So pray for that. We need laborers there. Sweden, God is really moving there. Uh, it's been at the main church in Stockholm that almost every Sunday they were now starting to have visitors coming into the services. Our church in Falun is doing well. They have several contacts and trying to reach to them. And then in Denmark, Brother Chris Brett, those folks working in Copenhagen, a prayer need there is they need a larger building. They're trying to secure a place. And then the last is that of Norway. Brother Andreasen, our leader there, when the pandemic hit, he started a morning devotion every day. He's been very faithful to it, putting it out on Facebook. It went up to 250 people almost every day. And then it went to 600, and he was really excited. He called me now a month and a half ago and said, Brother Kelly, we have reached 900 that are involved in this devotion that I have. This is Norway, folks. you got to understand, this is Norway. And then on top of that, he said, I just threw it out there, Brother Joe Strand. He said, how many would be interested in a Bible study for maybe 30 minutes once a week? He had over 600 responses wanting to participate in a Bible study. He is in the midst of getting that organized, so pray. We've got great preachers and leaders in these areas. And as you pray for here, we ask that you pray for that area as well. The book of Nehemiah is where I'd like for us to turn to just for a little while this evening. The book of Nehemiah chapter 1, and reading verses 2 through 4. Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 2 through four. Then Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. They said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, 
and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. For a few moments just speaking to you this evening of what disturbs you. What disturbs you? There's a lot of things that disturb us. The kids don't act right. The dog's not behaving properly. The husband's misbehaving or the wife. At the job, there's issues. In the neighborhood, there can be issues. My goodness, even sometimes coming to church, there can be some things that might disturb us. But there's things that disturb us to a certain degree, but then there are things that really, we used to say in Eastern Ohio, now here you're more, uh, you know, reformed or you're a little better educated than we were in Eastern Ohio. And we used to have a saying, there's just some things that just get your goat. It just really gets a hold of you and you can't be passive about it. And it's something that stays with you for a few days. And then there are some things that disturb you to the degree you just cannot shake it. It stays with you was recently walking down the aisle of a store. I was there to pick up something. And I was just kind of doing my thing, walking through the aisle of the store. And when I went to pick up the item I wanted to get, the shelf was empty. We're finding more and more in the UK, some of our shelves getting empty for various reasons. And when I went to get the item and it wasn't there, I thought, well, how could this store be open and allow me to come in and to try to get a product that I wanted and they don't have it? What kind of a store is this? Now, by the goodness of God and His mercy, what I wanted to do in my mind is I wanted to go tell the store manager. Now, you probably don't reach this level of carnality, okay? But you can pray for me. But, but I wanted to go to the store manager and just simply say, turn the lights out, lock the doors, and send the workers home because you don't have what I want. I was, I didn't do it, don't worry, I was really kind of disturbed to that level. But while all of that was mauling over in my mind, very quickly, the Lord just spoke to me very strongly. And he said, how disturbed are you over things in my kingdom that are or are not being done? That moment I stood in the store and was so challenged by the Spirit of God. And then immediately my mind began to think, and here it's the same way around the world is. The, the political climate and the upheaval that we see within our world and people looking for answers. And the Lord just quickened to me that you expend a lot of energy in saying things about what is happening politically and political parties and all that's going on. And yes, we show an interest, but you're expending a lot of energy there that may not have any real benefit, but are you willing to expend that energy in my kingdom for a purpose? It caused me to step back and to examine my heart. Because we can all be so guilty to get caught up into something that really that cause is not something which is eternal. I often tell people, I said, we need to be careful what we get involved in. It may or may not make heaven better or hell hotter. We just need to be careful that causes we get involved in are that with the kingdom of God, perpetrating and pushing forth his kingdom. What disturbs you? Whether the question was an innocent question or God somehow uniquely moving on Nehemiah, I don't think Nehemiah realized when he was going to ask the question, he would respond in the manner that he did. 
Maybe some of you can identify tonight with asking someone a question and you hear the answer and it disturbs you deeply. But when Nehemiah simply asks, how is it back in Jerusalem? One thing we can find about Nehemiah, he had an interest in the things of God. There was a desire concerning the things of God and knowing what may have been taking place of those who went prior to see Jerusalem restored what was happening there. But as he heard the news, as he heard the news of Jerusalem, we read what took place. As, as he heard the news, it struck him so deeply that we find him beginning to pray. He just said, I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. I will not go into it. No doubt it's been taught here the significance of the walls in Jerusalem being rebuilt and restored and the significance of all of that. But when he heard the, the condition and the walls being broken down and the state of that, it moved him so deeply. Whether Nehemiah ever had an idea, when he heard that news, I want to go do something, I don't know. Personally, I feel he did not think, I need to pack my bags and leave tomorrow and go to Jerusalem. One thing, he could not because of his job. He was a king's cupbearer. He could not walk off of the job or they would walk after him and his life would be ended. He was hemmed in. He was blocked. He was limited. Oh, how I've heard that recently in the UK. We are limited by what we face in the pandemic. We are limited because we don't have the finance. We are limited because we don't have all the things that we feel are necessary. But yet I see when people feel a challenge in the Holy Ghost, by God's grace they rise above those challenges, not in their ability, but in the grace and the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nehemiah just couldn't pack it in. He could not leave his job. It's interesting to note as well that those who went to Jerusalem were not moved to the same degree. They saw, reported the news. He just heard the news and it struck a chord deep with inside of his heart. There will be some who will see things that it will not move them, but you as a believer will see the need. It could be of a home Bible study in your neighborhood. It could be in some community project where there's a great need. There are a multitude of things that we can mention tonight that others may not see the importance of it, but when your eye catches it, it moves you so much. I've got to do something about it. It was several years ago, crawling into bed. It was in the month of November, cold and dark, and the darkness moves in so early in the winter months. It was wet. It was a bone-chilling cold, but I had the electric blanket on, and sometimes even in July, we have to use the electric blanket. And I was getting in the warm bed, and my wife hadn't come to bed yet, but as I was slipping in the bed, it just came to me so vividly, there's people living on the streets tonight, and it's cold and wet, and they're sleeping outside. You know, I wasn't even thinking about it. I hadn't even been reading about it. And I just kind of just tossed it aside. But yet it kind of just spoke to me. And, and then it was the next night I get ready to get in bed. And the very same thing happened, but a little more pungent. There was a little more punch to it. It was just like out of nowhere, there's people living on the streets of this city. And that just, rung, just really spoke to me so strongly. And again, 
the density of me. I just kind of passed that off. It was the third night that when I got ready to get in bed, again, even more strongly, the Lord was trying to catch my attention, but I was not listening. And I was trying to equate, what has that got with preaching the gospel? What has that got with handing out leaflets or standing on the preach or preaching? But God wanted to use this to move us to another level. I begin to pray, Lord, I don't know what to do. And the Lord began to open doors. Our superintendent then, Brother James Dallas, came and preached. And God used him to help us move into this area and to know that we were following the will of God. What am I saying? There are some things that will come to our attention that will pass over. But there are some things that can be called to our attention we just cannot easily shake. Because God's speaking into our spirit. The other thing that's interesting to note, his skill set. I don't know if you could have gone to his room where he lived and what it may have been like in the palace. But you would probably not have found an engineering degree from the local university. You would not find that he was in the bricklayers union or the blocklayers union if there is still such a thing. He was not in a job that he would be trained to do this. He was a king's cupbearer. Even if you had a chance to examine his hands, you probably would have problems finding calluses on his hands because of the job which he had. Oftentimes when people feel they don't have the skill set, when God is moving on them to do something, they back away from it. Can I challenge you, when the Lord begins to burden something in our heart, bring impressions of something to be involved in, we may not have the skill set, we may not have the know-how, but if God burdens us, the Lord can help us to acquire from those in leadership, from those around us, to fulfill what God is wanting to do in our life. So this happened in the autumn of the year. And he prayed. And he was a man of prayer. And it revealed his walk with God, his prayer did. Because as you look down in chapter 1, he begins to say, remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses. And you can read this. If we transgress, what's going to happen to us? But also, if you turn unto me and keep my commandments, we begin to see here how he is praying, how his prayer reveals of his walk with God. And also what he knew in the Lord. And he said, O oh Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to, to the prayer of thy servant. It comes to pass in chapter 2. At the end of verse 1 of chapter 2, Now I had not been before time sad in his presence, the king. He had to go before the king. And when he went before the king, he couldn't be sad. Whether he had a bad day or a good day, it could not be shown on his face. Now that would be a real challenge. I have a hard time sometimes hiding my feelings. Maybe you have acquired a skill to do so, but you can just see sometimes when somebody's not having a good day. But when he was at work and he went before the king, that was not an option. But the king said unto me in verse 2, Why is thy countenance sad? Seeing thou art not sick, this is nothing but sorrow of heart, then I was very sore, afraid. And the king said unto me, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchres, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? This is months later. Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? I love this. So I prayed to the God 
of heaven. I don't think he just started coming out. He had to go back and pray again. Because what started out as a burden, what started out as something that impacted him, what started out as something that was really disturbing him, it began to morph into something more than just a prayer. As he prayed, God burdened him. But God was burdened him to the degree that when the door opened, that the Lord would use him to go back and to be able to build the walls of Jerusalem. He did not just move on his own. And even though the king was not a believer in the one true God, he appealed to the king to get the king's permission to do as the king opened the door for him when he asked, what is it you want me to do? What disturbs me? I believe we're living in an hour, every man, woman, boy, or girl that's born of the water and of the Spirit. We need to be ever, ever watchful as we go in our city and in our communities or in our state, whatever it may be. And you may already be doing this, that Lord, what can I do that I can put my hand to the plow or to the sickle? What is it that I can do to make a difference in people's lives? That Lord, it can disturb me to the degree that I'm going to pray, I'm going to seek your faith. How can I, Lord, be a benefit and minister into this area? It doesn't necessarily also mean I'm going to relocate geographically because there are vast needs in the areas right where you live. And of course, where I live, there are needs everywhere. Open our eyes. Jesus said, lift up thine eyes. Look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Look at work, look at home, look in the neighborhood, look where you go, maybe for leisure, whatever it may be. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields. What disturbs me? There was a cartoon many years ago, and I don't know if it's still used today or not. It's called Popeye. And Popeye, you know, he had his girl, Olive. Brother Joe Strain, I'm really not sure what he saw in her. He needed more in Spanish. He needed a set of glasses. She was dead skinny. Well, okay. But that was about it. And she had that voice, too. You know, whenever you listen to that, it wasn't a voice that was, it was like, Popeye. It was just, anyway. So. And then there was Brutus that was involved. And Brutus was always causing trouble. He was always causing a disturbance, Brutus was. And there was always some controversy going on. Brutus wanted olive oil as well, as well as Popeye. And finally, when this, this, this conflict would go on and on for a particular period of time, as you'd watch that, Popeye would just simply say this, That's all I can stands. I can't stands this anymore. In other words, I've had enough. That's my girl. I'm going to take care of this. And of course, out of somewhere would be the can of spinach and he'd squeeze it and pop up and he'd take it. And Popeye was the savior of the day. He just said, I can't stand this anymore. You and I need to begin to look and say when the Holy Ghost begins to move on us uh, and make us aware of needs in our community. Or maybe I've not been engaged in the church as much as I could be in helping the church moving forward. But the Lord's been stirring my heart, seeing a need in the church uh, instead of pointing out 
out. Well, Brother Joe Strand, somebody needs to do that. You could be the somebody that the Lord, well, I don't have the skill set. Don't worry about that. I don't understand. But, oh, you respond to that. Come to your spiritual leadership and say, the Lord's been speaking to me about this in this area. God did it for Nehemiah. Nehemiah did go. The king gave him what was needed, and the Lord directed his footsteps. It's an incredible book to read. 52 days, the walls, 52 days, the walls were completed. Yes, there were challenges along the way, but those challenges drove him to his knees. And every time he did, God answered, and they continued to progress until the walls were built. Eventually, he became the governor of the city. What disturbs you? What disturbs me? As we stand together this evening, there are great needs in our world today, collectively, but also right where we are individually. We often want to wait for someone else to come in and to be the answer to the dilemmas that we see within our society. But God has placed us at this hour right where we are that we can help fulfill that need. My question to us tonight, and especially to me, what disturbs me? I tell individuals, and I'm not sure how, how to even say this in a way it can be taken right, but Brother Joe Strand, I look, yes, Eastern Ohio. How could I, what would God do with me? I'm a farm boy. I even tell them sometimes in the United Kingdom when I'm preaching there, even in Glasgow, I'd say, if, if, you just look, if you just look close enough, you'll still see hayseed in my hair. I'm just an old farm boy. But God just began to prompt a need in the local church. It was reaching to our next community. We know it as Sio. Some call it Skio. I'm not sure how they got that, but Sio. But I never remember as a 16-year-old boy, they'd be telling us, you need to go do something. You need, we need to reach our communities. Well, our communities were 300 people, 500 people. That's what they were. But it seemed like nobody was... Nobody was doing that, and I'm, I'm careful what I say. It wasn't because people didn't love God, but I'll never forget. I'll never forget. We were in some service, and just something hit me. And I said, young people, we got to do something about it. And I was a young person, 16. Yeah, I, I wasn't a Bible scholar. I wasn't, you know, nobody taught us even how to have a seminar to, to do soul winning and evangelism. We just scrounged up some tracks and leaflets. We got some young people together and we went out and we began to knock doors. We probably made some real big mistakes, but we began to learn along the way. And we began to ask people that we could, how do we go about this? What do we do? All I'm simply saying is, it's when things disturb and then you begin to go to your pastor or those in leadership. Pastor, I'm feeling the Lord, but have me. How do I go about this? Lead me, direct me. What do I need to do? How can I meet this need in the community that you can't meet and you can't but they can meet the need yes we're here to tell you about the Nordic countries we live in a hurting world a lost broken lives and we put ourselves down so much that we don't meet the standard as far as I have all of the ability well that's probably a good thing because then we would want all the credit but it's when we realize the Lord entrusts us to begin to do things. And by His grace, He helps us. He gets the glory. Lives get changed. And His kingdom grows. 
It's a wonderful song they're playing, a living sacrifice. That's what I want to be. And as we sing this chorus tonight, just open this area in prayer. I'm looking at incredible potential. God's done wonders in this church over the years, but it's not over yet. The trumpet of the Lord is not sounded yet. There's a great work, and God has right here in this church others like you to fulfill His will and His purpose here. Let's sing that chorus, if you would, please. Lord, prepare me. Lord, prepare me. 